Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Watch us, love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Trish and Fourier on WEEI. Third hour of KJ and Lines on WEEI. In progression, Fourier. Good President's Day to you. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Coming in 15 minutes, we'll be talking to Matthew Hamachuk. Hamachuk, I'm sorry. Um... The director of the dynasty, the must-see, two parts at, at this point. Two parts have been released on Apple TV. That's in 15 minutes. But the current Patriots, I, it's almost like a dynasty drama. Trent Brown looks like he's gone. Yeah. And uh, that's quite okay with me, KJ. But he, like, here's what's interesting. And maybe this is a culture change that Gerard Mayo's going for, if you believe that Kind of like what we talked about with Verdugo with the Red Sox, right? Like, if you believe that you've got a bad apple in the bunch, and we were seeing some of that leak out through Twitter, I, I'm still, I'm still baffled. Or X, I'm still baffled that guys are willing to lose money off of an off of saying things on an app that's free. Like that's like who has not come and coached you on that? Like, if you've got your feelings, discuss that with your agent. Make a clean break. Don't make a bunch of noise because you still got to get somewhere else. So, yeah, you, you almost feel like Trent Brown, especially the comment he made about, um, uh, what's your guy's name that ended up off the path? Malik Cunningham. Yep. Remember when, when Malik Cunningham was was released, he's like, man, Buddy didn't even get a chance to even, even practice. Like, why would you discuss that? Like, why would you discuss that? Because yeah. Malik Cunningham ended up getting another job. It's not like, hey, the guy didn't get somewhere else, but now you're out looking for the – and what do you think the first thing you're going to ask about? Right. Why, why did you all the like stuff just, in New England? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And, why did you and take it to social media? My thing with Trent Brown, like 2018 Trent Brown was phenomenal. Like one of the best left tackles in the league, a really underrated part of why they won a Super Bowl. 2022, he was pretty good. And, and the sad thing for me, KJ, is 2023, the first couple months of the season, he was one of the best tackles in the NFL, I mean, we remember all the offensive line issues the Patriots had the first couple months of the year. Right tackle was terrible. They were giving up pressure up the middle. Cole Strange was wildly inconsistent. Trent Brown was really good. And then they started losing a bunch of games. He did get hurt, and it felt like he disengaged. And he didn't care yeah. as much, and he became a problem. So that why that's why, for me, I, I would rather not have him back, especially with a new head coach, new offensive coordinator. New, now, here's the problem for the Patriots, though. <laughs> the two best tackles they had last year were Trent Brown and Mike Onwenu. Both are free agents, so they damn sure better bring Mike Onwenu back, guy they drafted, guy, guy they developed, guy they can afford. But if they let Trent Brown leave, which by the, I'm fine with, 
they do need to have a replacement. They do need to find someone because you're going to probably have a rookie quarterback at least playing at some point this year, if not starting the season. You need to have that guy protected. We saw how things broke down with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi when they couldn't protect them. Yeah, so that you hit right upon it, right? If you had a bad offensive line and your two best pieces, one is now pretty much gone. And the other one, oh, don't let someone come with the super high price because they might do that for a venue, right? Like I think he's worth it. it. Right, and, and here's the thing. If your team with the left-handed quarterback, then you may really be inclined to really give up the money for him because that's the blind side, right? So for the left-handed QB. So if Michael Penix ends up with the team or you're looking to short what Tua has, you know, you, you just don't know that there could be an opportunity where, look, <laughs> you may have to start from absolute scratch again where you're talking about, hey, Cole Strange is kind of one of the – Remnants that's left that we're turning around looking at, and how would that how would that feel? Yeah, well, could this I, also be a signal that the Patriots could trade out of that third pick and maybe well, get a Joe Alt or some? Sure, they're in a dangerous spot with their offensive line right now, right? Because right. David Andrews is a good player, but he's on the other side of thirty, so who knows how much? Like, I think he'll be back this year, but he may not be a long term thing. City So was really good the second half of last season, but beyond that, I mean, Cole Strange is inconsistent and ended the season injured. Trent Brown is gone. Mike Onwenu is a free agent. So you really have two guys right now on your offensive line that you can feel okay about. And if you re-sign Mike Onwenu, you're still only at three out of five. So whether they trade out or not, one of their first two picks is probably going to be a tackle. And they should re-sign Onwenu. But so like I said, I'm fine letting Trent Brown go, especially the way things ended those last couple months of last season. But they need to have a plan Ready to go. Oh, right? here's that is, plan again. <laughs> but this is one of the criticisms that, that yeah. was of Belichick, and one of the reasons he's not here is at certain key positions they didn't have a good enough plan. So you make a change. Now Elliot Wolf is running the personnel department. Gerard Mayo is your head coach. I'm fine letting this guy go, but if you let this guy go and you don't re-sign on Wenu and you don't have a really decent plan come August of what your two tackles are going to be, that's a major problem. Because how many times, KJ, have we seen the last five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever measure you want to use, a young quarterback come in with talent and get blown up behind a bad offensive line and his career is never the same. That's the risk they're running here unless they – and again, I don't want to yell at them for something they haven't done yet, but if you're going to let Trent Brown go, this is what you need to be prepared for to upgrade and fix. So here's where the quandary sits for me, right? If you do all this trading back, then you're pretty much saying that we're going to go, as the Patriots, we're going to try and get a veteran quarterback for a couple of years. But what veteran quarterback is going to try and sign behind a line that doesn't exist? It's another good point, right? Right, like I, I, I tell my agent, like, you must not like me, right? Like, even Jimmy Garoppolo being available now, which was the conversation three years ago, four years ago, do you try and make a run to make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? It's, it, obviously, it's great that you didn't because there's so much money on that contract with so little return on playing time. Plus, he's out for the first two games of the season with the PED suspension. So now Jimmy Garoppolo, which was a smart thing that you stayed away from at that point, now he may be calling like, hey, I can do it for a couple of years. You'd be like, absolutely no, unless you want to get totally wrecked with no line in front of you. Even if you were thinking like, okay, do we get into conversation where a reconstructed Russell Wilson contract? I say the problem with Russell Wilson is he just doesn't have that quick first step to break away out of pocket and make a play. Just over time, taking a lot of hits. He's one of the most hit quarterbacks over the last 10, 15 years. So, you know, like a bad line 
even with his little mobility, is still not going to help. That's why I think it comes back to you're going to have to get a young quarterback who's just going to have to, you know, pull a Kyler Murray back there. Buddy, buddy, get on your jets and run around and hope and pray because if you don't have an answer for the offensive line, I don't see how you get any veteran to come here. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, So the second half of the year was so bad from the quarterback position, especially Mac. That overshadowed how much the offensive line and receivers killed them, especially in the first half of the year, and the receivers really all year. So like, this isn't just a, hey, we're going to let Trent Brown go, but we'll be okay because the rest of our offense is good. It's not. Right. So maybe it'll be better with a new quarterback and new coordinator no matter what, but it's still like this was one of the worst offenses in the NFL. You need a quarterback. You need at least one, maybe two tackles. You might have to look at the interior of the offensive line. You need multiple, probably wide receivers added to this. You may need a tight end, especially if Hunter Henry walks, but even if he stays, you may need another one, depending on what they want to do with Farrell Brown. So, like, that's the thing. Like, this isn't just like, oh, take a quarterback at three and you're good. It's no, you need to make sure tackle is okay, which, and tackle something. If they re-sign on Wenu, they can probably get their left tackle in free agency, and they'll be okay. Or it's going to be their right there. Or it's going to be their second round pick. But that's the thing; it's not like you're sitting there and you have one or two things on offense you need to upgrade. Like, like what are they going to do with Zeke Elliott? Because Ramondre Stevenson's good, but are they going to bring Zeke back, or do they need to add yet another complement? And I know that's a smaller issue, but it's like every position group on this offense has at least one, if not more than one, significant question right now. Or do you move in Weno back to left tackle next year and go out and find a right tackle where you won't have to spend as much money in the market? I personally would keep on Weno at right tackle. He's been awesome there for multiple years. And I understand what you're saying. Like The right tackle and free agency would be more affordable, but they have the money to spend. You have a guy that's been great at right tackle for multiple years, which, by the way, when Onwenu has not been playing right tackle over the past five years, it has been a turnstile. I mean, remember they had Marcus Cannon there for a yeah. few games last year, and no, I mean, like, and Connor McDermott came in and just didn't suck, and we all thought that was a miracle. Like, that's how bad right tackle had been. So I, I look at it as keep Onwenu where he's been great for multiple years, and then use that second round pick or that free agency money and shore up left tackle in place of Trent Brown. And cash. Yeah. Ready to burn some cash. <laughs> All right. In 30 minutes here on KJ and Lions in Progression Fourier, we play draft class. It's to honor the 10th year anniversary of Whiplash, a movie written and directed by my cousin's classmate at Harvard. So I, I, it's one of the best movies, Whiplash. So we go through the draft class. That's in 30 minutes. But next, we'll talk to Matthew Hamachek, the director of Dynasty on Apple TV. But right now, it's time to trend with Joe Braverman. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. 
Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. KJ and Lions on WEEI 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Thank you so much for spending your President's Day with us. Remember, 20 minutes away from draft class and of course the odyssey app is free take it wherever you go just click w-e-e-i the little white heart will save it and you're right here and if you've been listening to us today you know we talked quite a bit about the dynasty series on apple tv which chronicles the patriots dynasty over the last 20 years and joining us now on the harbor one hotline is the director of that series matthew hamachek matt really excited to have you on thank you for taking the time hey thanks for having me on and Matt, I know you've been a very busy man over the past week going through this series, and I wanted to get a sense of this series itself, because this is a major project. You've got all the principal players there. Jeff Benedict mm. wrote the book, but how did you get from the book to now this series on Apple TV? Well, you know, Jeff Benedict is an incredible writer and reached out to me when I was finishing the the last project that I directed uh, called Tiger. Mm-hmm. It's about Tiger Woods, and it was for HBO in 2021. And Jeff said, hey, I'm working on this new thing. Would you be interested? And then, um, you know, I said yes, not really being a Patriots fan at all, but thinking that there was a chance to tell a deeply human story that went beyond the X's and O's and that, you know, maybe if we could convince people to talk on the record, we would have, you know, what has ended up becoming about 70 different players, coaches, front office execs, rivals, the commissioner of the NFL. Uh, and, and so I think the goal here was to get all of these people on the record. And what I realized as I started to make it was that a lot of the, a lot of the things that have been done in the past where there was – as education of a coach was a book written about Bill Belichick or, you know, Tom had his docu-series. It, it always felt like these stories were being told through a very specific lens. And I felt like we had this opportunity to say, let's get everybody together. Let's get them all on the record and let's let them tell their version of what happened. Matt, Matthew, I'm so glad you mentioned that. A lot of things in the past have been through a specific lens, usually almost kind of like you want to make sure a narrative continues in a certain way. The way, as you would know, as a director, to get to that is get to the tough questions. Was there a tough Mm -hmm. question that was refused to be asked? Or I'll give you the option. If it was asked and refused, what episode does it sit in? There There were no questions that were off limits. But I think that what you'll see as we get into later episodes and we get into some of the more thorny topics, one of which is going to be on um, Friday, episodes three and four come out. Episode four is the quote-unquote Spygate episode. Mm. Um, But then later, even down the road, when we start to get to the point where we're in episodes, you know, eight, nine, and ten, and 
this perfect machine that 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 Bill, Tom, and Robert, and all of the other people around them had created, which was sort of founded on this idea of selflessness, team first, the patriot way, whatever the thing you want to call it is, you know, all these things that they had kept at bay for so long started to creep their way into patriot place. And mm. so we start feeling, seeing things like ego and, you know, one of the things that's really important is if you create an environment where there are a rigid set of rules in which nobody talks to the press, nobody says anything, if those rules are maintained for everybody and by everybody for an extended period of time, and they were, then it leads to incredible success. But if they start to falter, then those things can start to fall apart. And that's what those last episodes deal with. And some of those tough questions get asked in those episodes. Matt, one of the things that surprised me the most about the first two episodes is that you actually got Ernie Adams on camera for an extended period of time. Around here in New England, he's kind of this mythical figure that I, I don't even know if we believed he existed the first few years of the dynasty. What was working with him like? Was there anything about him that surprised you or, or just in general the Ernie Adams experience making this documentary? Um. I cannot say enough wonderful things about working with Ernie Adams. Um, I called him up. He was probably one of the first people I ever spoke to because I, I thought that he was an interesting figure. I had some sense that he was that kind of mythical figure that nobody had really heard of from before. And I had dug up an old article from his time as a scout, I believe in almost in college, if I want to say I'm, I'm right about that. And, and what he talked about in it was just his love of the game of football. This is, you know, years and years and years ago. Uh, and it just, I thought that there was a chance once I met him and once I saw the kind of a storyteller he was, that he could bring something, you know, not only just, not only as a person who has love for the game, but obviously also the other key part of this is he met Bill Belichick in, in high school when they went to Andover Academy together. And so I wanted to find people that had known Bill from, you know, way back in the day. And Ernie was one of those people. And the truth is Ernie gave me 15 hours of interviews. And for a guy who really doesn't go on the record at all, that was, um, I was, I was just hugely honored to be able to, to talk to Ernie and to go into such depth about every little detail. We're talking with director Matthew Hamachek of The Dynasty. It's on Apple TV right now. First two episodes are out. Look, I have an Apple phone. I almost never watched Apple TV, but now I'm like, I cannot, like, I'm sitting there hitting the refresh. Like, up next, I'm waiting for it to hit my phone. So can't wait for part three and four that hits on the 23rd, correct? Uh, that's right. This Friday, um, I'm not good at dates, but yes, uh, this Friday, uh, episodes three and four drop on Apple TV+. And let me ask you a follow-up, because what I found fascinating and was very impressed was, it, to tell the part of the dynasty, it's almost like Godfather 2. At some point, you have to take it back to Sicily to explain how Don Corleone gets to America, right? How yeah. Did you get more, was it tough to get some people who were tied to Cleveland at that time to talk about Belichick and, and the effect that he had there, because I understood from remembering how bad it was. But earlier in the show, I was telling John that from watching this, you almost feel like if you're at the bottom of a Jenga thing, that pulling Kozar out 
was really almost one of the last straws for Cleveland to just go ahead and leave and move to Baltimore. Were you able to find more people from the Baltimore days of Bill to talk? Well, what I wanted to focus on were people that were all-encompassing for different aspects of the story. So Mm. what I mean by that is not just somebody who was there for this one little tiny uh, stop. And, And there were plenty of people that came through the building who were like that, right? Like, I'm thinking of people like, Mike Lombardi, who was with Bill for, it was at the Patriots for like three years, right? But I wanted to find people like Scott Pioli and Ernie Adams. Ernie, who was there for 20 years. Scott, who was, you know, with Bill in Cleveland, with Bill with the Jets, but then also with Bill for eight plus years at the, at the Patriots. And so I always tried to find people that could talk to about multiple things and not just people who were there for a couple years here and a couple years there. And so the thing that I focused on with the Cleveland story was, I had both Ernie and Scott, both of whom were there with Bill in Cleveland, but also were there with him later. And I wanted to have them talk about it because I actually think it was Scott who was the one who said, you know, the decision that we had to make with Drew Bledsoe going out and then coming back and being healthy and ready to go and deciding to go with Tom was very similar to the thing that we uh, went through in Cleveland with Bernie. I mean, obviously it wasn't identical and obviously there's, there's lots of things that happened in Cleveland. Right. And there were other things that happened after the decision was made with Bernie that eventually also led to, uh, you know, the ownership deciding to move the team and things like that. It wasn't just because of the Bernie Kosar situation. So, you know, we wanted to cover it, but we also wanted to show, and humanize the decision that Bill Belichick was put in here because it is one of the greatest decisions that was ever made by a coach in NFL history to stick with Tom Brady, right? And I wanted to make sure the audience understood, uh, you know, I know we're on radio, so I can't use the word, but like as as Jackie Mack puts it, the guts that it took to make that decision. Well, you and, can take balls if you need to. That's perfectly fine. Just oh, as long okay, as you okay. don't describe. But you get the point, right? Yeah. Is, that, is that history has proven this decision to be a good one. But I didn't want to make this film or this series with the team of people that I made it with as from the perspective of history, right? What I mean by that is, you could tell this story where when Drew Bledsoe goes out and Tom Brady enters the game against the Jets in 2001, that when you see Tom Brady walk out onto the field, heroic music plays because everybody's watching those, oh my gosh, this is when it's all going to change and this guy is going to go on to become the greatest quarterback of all time. What I did instead was I, didn't, I wanted to do it as if you're in the moment yes. as these decisions are being made. So because that's the thing that we keep not sort of getting is – Everybody knows how it works out. Everybody knows that it gets the six Super Bowls. And so I wanted to make sure the audience felt like they were there in the room, in the draft room when they were making the choice, in the room and hearing all of these people say how much of a horrible move it was that Bill Belichick has decided to go with Tom Brady, even though we all know how it turns out as one of the greatest decisions ever. And so that's the thing that I kept trying to do. We're talking with Matthew Hamachek, the director of the dynasty on Apple TV. And Matt, you, I think, have done a great job in this series of finding so many different people you mentioned that encompass different parts of the story. I mean, you even had the surgeon that operated on Drew Bledsoe interviewed in this, which I mm. thought was great. Was there anyone that you got a chance to talk to that maybe didn't make it in to the documentary that you still thought had a really interesting contribution that you would like to share? 
I mean, there were so many people that ended up being on the cutting room floor. I mean, you know, Troy Brown gave us time. I, I, when I think about that and what he meant to that team, his interview was fascinating. It, it, and Rodney Harrison could have been in so much more of this thing, but as people will see in episode three, you know, one of the things we didn't want to do is just tell the story exactly the same way it's been told before. And and part of that was just listening to people and talking, you know. And so when we get to the end of the first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 36, you know, obviously another way to tell me the story, but it has been done before, is to go into the 2002 season. They don't make it to the playoffs. Everybody's disappointed. Then Lawyer Malloy gets cut. Then Rodney Harrison mm-hmm. comes in. Then this, then that, then we get to the Teddy Bruce and, you know, the unfo- un- horribly unfortunate thing of Teddy Bruce having a stroke mm-hmm. in, in 2005. There's a, there are many ways to tell the story, but a lot of that stuff has been covered. And the problem that happens is that when you start to get into this rhythm of, so this is what happened this year, then the next year this happened, is it you end up becoming less of a storyteller and more of a sort of a, a, a fact person, a person who just says this happened and this happened and this happened. And what we heard from people was, uh, like I said, a much more deeply human story. And it's something that I sort of like to refer to sometimes as, uh, you know, it's, it's Shakespeare, but with footballs. I think the human part of this is the thing that drives the story. It's not the X's and O's as much. Matthew, it's interesting that you say that because I was sharing when I was on the air Saturday my story of what it was like to be a fan the five and eleven season, which is the season before, and I tell the sto- yeah. right in two thousand, and I tell the story that I had a girlfriend working at the mall at the time and had all this discounted Patriots gear available to bring home, and what mm-hmm. I was getting a point is nobody saw that in a year from now it would go from hey there's a bunch of people standing in the sandwich shop and I'm the only one trying to rush back to catch the second half kickoff to, Hey, mm-hmm. people are trying to negotiate 6 a.m. mass because they got to get down to Foxborough to see what this Tommy kid is doing. I, I really appreciate that. This isn't, I think what you're saying, it isn't a book report, right? This is taking exactly. you back. Like, right. Like I can, you, you almost feel the smells. I, I, I recall like what it was like riding down out of Hyde park and people making it optional to go see a Patriots game during that year. And I think it's very important that you told how the team started 0-2 because for many of us who were really kind of like, hey, I love football this much, I'm going to get behind this team, it was a continuation of a bad year the year before. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of made the argument that some of us felt like Drew Bledsoe was a bit checked out before the injury had hit, and that's why it wasn't surprising to go to Brady. And we talked about this earlier on the show, John and I that Belichick would later go on to only carry two quarterbacks on his team, but at the time he had four. So I just want to see, I want to kind of do what John does, is like be like a fanboy here for a second. Thank you for not <laughs> making this a book report, and that's why I try and stay away from telling what happens, because it's so fascinating, it is like 10 out of 10 bingeable. Wow, oh, thank you so much. No, I, 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 think that's, I think that's right, and I hope that everybody watches it and almost goes through the exercise of saying, I'm going to watch this with fresh eyes. And yes. that's the point of being able to have access to all of these people, right? Don't come in with your preconceived notions, no matter how much you think you know about the telling of the Patriot story. These are the people who are actually there. And in a lot of ways, my job was to get out of the way and let them tell their stories to the audience, because that's the thing that we've never had before. It, you know, there's always, there's reports that will come out and it'll be a bunch of anonymous sources. And you have no idea who these people are that are actually talking. This is it. This is Bruce. This is Ty Law. 
this is Tom, this is Bill, this is Robert, this is Jonathan. These are all these people telling it to you, looking you in the eyes through the TV screen, telling you what it was like from their perspective. And, you know, when you talk about great characters, I also think of Scott Pioli as being one of those guys who, you know, yes, he's in the media and uh, he is, he's, he's on TV a lot. But this is a lot of the things that he talks about here, he's never really gone into before. And, and I also think about the Bledsoe's, right? One of the things that was so important for me is to really let them tell their story. And, and, it's, and I, I think that the thing that I was always sensitive to when I was even asking him questions was, you have to imagine this is a very painful part of his life, which yes. is a, a life of extreme accomplishment and greatness. But this has to be a hard one. And obviously, we talk about what happens in the AFC Championship game in Episode 3, which is about to come up. But I really appreciate the fact that somebody like him, who probably doesn't like having to fly to New York City to tell this story of all stories, right. was willing to do it. And that his wife was willing to do it. And they really went back to this place, but were really raw. And that's the thing that I kept noticing is that whether it's the Bledsoe's, whether it's Tom, frankly, when you get into some of these later episodes, Tom is more vulnerable and raw in ways that I think I certainly have ever seen him in all the archive that I dug through. And I think that I really owe all of these folks that sat with us just a, a ton of gratitude for opening up and being so revealing. He is Matthew Hamachek, the director of the Dynasty on Apple TV. Matt, I cannot wait to watch the rest of the series, and thank you so much for taking the time today to speak with us about it. No, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Take care, Matthew. John Lines, I'm very proud of you that you did not go all Chris Farley. You know yes. what I mean by that when I say Chris Farley, that yeah. you didn't go Chris Farley? Because I was just waiting for you to be like, and you remember when you remember when you when when they touched down at in, in at Logan and they were all smiling. Yeah. Well, and I think he brought up an interesting point, though, because he mentioned the Brady documentary, which was The Man in the Arena, which a whole episode had Rodney Harrison interviewed in it and others. He didn't want to, like, we all know the facts, right? We all know, hey, they went to nine Super Bowls, they won six, and Brady did this, and, you know, Ty Law did this, and whatever. But, like, telling the overall story like one of the things i loved about this is that they had camcorder footage from brady's first apartment and condo when he was right. a rookie and no one cared about him like it's you know just, i played tech mobile yesterday because i saw that yeah. i actually have a way to play tech mobile did you stomp on the floor so the game would no, reset like because brady it's did? in a more stable thing and ah. it wasn't on a nintendo but i played with the giants and it reminded me it like flashed me back that that was a secret team to play with because like it was a tough the giants were a tough team to beat and I was just like, somebody's playing with the Giants. And I was like, why would they be playing with the Giants on Tech Mobile? Everybody knew Chicago or San Francisco. But the Giants, because you could not stop Lawrence Taylor on the edge on any play. Yeah, and I think this series, too, like a lot of people, and myself included, compare it to the last dance of the Bulls. I think this one was probably a harder one to tell because I feel like that Bulls team, we knew all the facts, but there hadn't been a bunch of documentaries involving those guys about those years and the, a lot of that we were learning for the first time whereas in this you've had multiple books written about belichick multiple books about the dynasty multiple documentaries about the whole thing different parts of things so i, I think that, and that bull story was over the course of like 10 real years yeah and versus I, this being 20 right so I, I feel like this was a more difficult one for them to, i'm looking forward to and what i really want to know 
is he mentioned episode four was the Spygate episode. Then, then wait for it then. Because so, now you're going into that. Like, let people watch it. John, remind them where they can see this. They can see it on Apple TV or Apple Plus every Friday. I was surprised to learn from Matt in that last segment, not one episode this Friday, but two episodes. Episodes oh, yeah, three and four yeah, three will be four. coming out. I thought it was just going to be one, so it will be two episodes I think it's going to be two at a time that drop to give you five drops over the course of five weeks, I yeah. believe. It makes sense. So, Okay, well, coming next, we've got draft class. It's a salute to not only the players who might be taken third by the Patriots, but also a bit of a play on the movie Whiplash that turns 10 this year. That's next here. KJ Lines in for Gresham Fourier here on WEEI. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, happy President's Day to you from KJ and Lions on WEEI in progression. Fourier, we appreciate you um, just being here, getting whatever you need to get done. Maybe you're buying another mattress. I think that's what President's Day has become. Just match, it's become mattress sale day. I, I don't know how that happened. You know, I, President's Day, Matt, maybe people feel like a president just lays on their butt and does nothing hence Matt I don't does anybody on this show know how it became mattress day who knows it doesn't it seem like it just became mattress holiday blame the Lincoln bedroom I guess you know, that's a very room. clever way to get to that yeah. I I like that Bill see, that's Clinton's the thing. affair in office you can blame oh that. see now we're getting know. into political turns there stuff you're like a teacher that. John just, you should saying, know I'm just saying you know that's it's it's a good well it's also a holiday thing right because like I don't right. think George Washington was interested in buying a Toyota or a mattress but those are big sales by the yeah, way maybe, John congrats on school vacation yeah thank yeah, you maybe I've maybe maybe get some porcelain versus wooden teeth for George Washington yeah, maybe that would be good maybe that would be something you buy at that time I, I don't know maybe um Thomas Dewey gets a better speechwriter 
and yeah. not releases press releases before the election is over. I mean, yeah. some of those things. Like, Newspapers look, could have a sale, like Dewey they, defeats Truman. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, look, yeah, there here's you go. the thing about KJ and lines when it pops up on your airwaves. You're going to be entertained, damn it. That's yes. the idea. And so it's interesting that one of my favorite movies is now on Netflix, and like I cannot stop watching it. It's Whiplash, and it was created by Damien Chazelle. He's from Rhode Island. He graduated from Harvard. He went to Harvard with my cousin Shauna. Shauna named her son Damien, but it's not Damien's son. And so to honor 10 years of Whiplash, which is, have you ever seen this movie, John? I actually have not. Oh, my God. Uh, Have you seen the show? Uh, No, I have not. I think I'm too young. too young to watch a movie that's a 2014 film, Joe. Yeah, what are you, my, like 12 years eight? old? Yeah. Yes, I was 12 years old at that time. Oh, oh my gosh. Look, so the premise of the movie is that band, this band school, this guy's in a, he's a drummer in a band, and things are so competitive and so intense that you got to want it so bad if you want to be great. And I say, hey, if the Patriots choose at three, would you take them in the draft class? Hit it, Joe. With the third pick, the New England Patriots like... I'm upset. Say it louder! I'm upset! Not quite my tempo. All right, Joe. In front of you, you have the prospect rankings at Pro Football Focus. These are players 1 through 11. If the Patriots choose at 3 and this player's available, would you take them? Go. All right, this one should be pretty obvious. Number one... Caleb Williams, quarterback out of USC. KJ, I'll start with you. Yes or no? Oh, yeah. That one's pretty easy, John. Same. Same for me. Pretty easy. Yeah, it sounds like a no-brainer. How about uh, the second guy on this list, the wide receiver out of the Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr.? You have the sounder for this one, Joe? Tell me. You ready? No. Not quite my tempo. Here's why. That's right, because here's the thing. If you're getting to a point where at three you have Marvin Harrison, that means you have no quarterback and you have no line. So that's really great. He can run routes, but if nobody's throwing him the ball, I'd hate for him to be the next Megatron, be done with it in 10 years, and never do anything. So I would actually say yes to this one. So you do know the difference. <laughs> so normally, and normally I would never take a receiver that high unless that's your only need. I believe, you know, quarterback first, tackle first. I just think Harrison is so uniquely good that you can take him, address tackle in free agency, and if you have a bridge quarterback throwing to him, you'll be okay, and he'll be great for the long term. So normally I wouldn't. I make an exception for Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, well, how about uh, the the name that uh, latest mock drafts have going to the Patriots at number three, and that's Drake May out of UNC. John? I have yes, but a lowercase y on so that. So you do Don't know love the difference. <laughs> yeah. He's my third of the three top quarterbacks. Um, how do I say this gently? No. Not quite my tempo. There Not you go. Look, tempo. I see Mitch Trubisky all over again. We just saw Sam Howell. I'm really wondering, I could care less if you tell me he has a big arm, go read Jamarcus Russell's scouting report and, and then get back to me. In a conference where the undefeated team could not get to the championship finals... You lose five games in that conference. If you lost one or two, cool. I just wonder if someone thinks, hey, I'm just going to do this and try and fly by my pants. Or are we drafting a quarterback who's a winner who wants to be the leader of men? No on Drake May. Mm, All right, then. Let's go back to the wide receiver market, though, and go to LSU's Malik Neighbors for a wide receiver. Mm, Nope. 
Not quite my. Tempo. You can just play the sound again, there, Joe. It's no for <laughs> me, and I tempo. like Malik Neighbors. I actually sneakily like his teammate Brian Johnson Jr. as well. But if I'm going to draft a receiver at three, it's going to be Marvin Harrison. It's not right. Gonna be Malik well, this Neighbors. this next name might be a little bit different. How about Joe Alt, the tackle out of Notre Dame? John, big yes for me. I would take him. So you do know the difference. And give me another one of those because yes, so you do know the difference. Look, 6'8", this dude could be the next Joe Thomas. And if that's the case, you'll never have to worry about left Like, you will have dreams of John Hanna all over again when he was the only star for the Patriots. So, yeah, if he's available at three, I would say yes to him. And Caleb Williams, so far, that's it. All right. Well, we still got plenty of names here. There. How about uh, the tight end out of Georgia? The highest rated uh, tight end in the draft, Brock Bowers. John? I'd say no. And, and I know tight end's Not important. I don't think it's top three important. We saw the Falcons take Kyle Pitts at fourth overall a few years ago. I just don't think you can justify even an elite tight end going quite that high. I would lose my mind if there was a tight end taking a three, considering what you just spent for the last two tight ends. Not quite my tempo. Yeah, next. All right, let's go uh, back to the wide receiver. Seems like to be a theme. How about uh, a guy we saw in the national championship and during the playoffs, Rome Adunze out of Washington? Nah. Yeah. Not quite. Play the song. I play the bit again for me. (laughs) I'm going no. And again, if I'm taking a receiver there, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. or no one else. Okay. uh, Let's see. How about cornerback? It seems like a sneaky knee, but one of the top cornerbacks in the draft is Cooper DeJean out of the University of Iowa. John? Yeah, hard no for me. They just Not took Christian like Gonzalez, who I think is going to be a stud. They still have Jonathan Jones. Marcus Jones is coming back. Alex Austin looked good at the end of the year, and they kept around both their secondary coaches to keep these guys developing and good. They don't need a corner there. Yeah, the Patriots are fine on the defensive end Not for the most like part. Terrible. All right, let's go uh, back to the tackle. This is another big tackle who's been hyped up. Olu Fashanu, one of Shine's favorites out of Penn State. Oh, yeah, yeah baby. Play it again. So yes, for me, too. Yeah. Big, strong so tackle. The be there for years. I, I think you'd be in great shape with him. So All right. It's, it seems like there's a theme developing here. Next, Joe. Yeah, it seems like uh, quarterback, receiver, tackle. There's a lot on this list. Uh, let's go uh, to the defensive side of the ball again. Jerzon Newton on the defensive line. John? I would say no because you do not need a defensive lineman nearly as bad as you need like three other offensive positions, excuse me. Yeah, three is too high. to. to, I mean, I understand showing up the defensive line, but not at that height. All right, and here's the 11th ranked prospect at Pro Football Focus. Give it to us. The shocker of all shockers, Jaden Daniels out of LSU. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with WWE, Daniel Bryan, when he just yells, yes, 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 yes. That's kind of what I'm... I, I'm so you do know i got to be honest with you guys. I'm starting to like Daniels more than Drake May. So I'm with you right there. Give me that J.K. Robbins again. So you do know the difference. So here's where my yeses were. Caleb Williams, Joe Alt, Olu Fashanu, and Jaden Daniels out of all those 11. So those you're going quarterback, quarterback or tackles? Yes. Yeah, I'm essentially that. My one exception is Marvin Harrison Jr. I think just I think he's a unique talent there. But other than that, I'm, I'm with KJ. And that's draft class where we do know the difference of whether someone so you do know the difference is not their tempo or they're right on. Is the next hour the final? Is the show going that fast? It is. The next and final hour of KJ and Lines on WEEI in Progression Fourier. Thank you so much for hanging out.
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.